1: Well, I've got a full message. I wasn't planning on all these interruptions, but, uh, uh, but the Lord is good. And we're, we've been uh, in a little series we started last week on the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking, to answer the question, why are we talking about the Holy Spirit at this time? Well, one, we're a Pentecostal church, and that's important. It's one of our distinctives, for sure. And there needs to be continued learning and a steady diet of the Holy Spirit Um, But I ran across a quote this week that said this, that we do not need churches full of people, but God wants and the world needs people full of or consumed with the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we, uh, we come to you in this season and we highlight the Holy Spirit and we pray that the Holy Spirit will consume us as a body of believers together to make huge impacts all across the globe i 've been captivated, captivated by a question that Jesus asked many people in the gospels uh, and I mentioned this at the worship and prayer night a few weeks ago, uh, but in Matthew chapter twenty uh, verse uh, let's see verse thirty two it's the story where two blind men are crying out to the Lord as he's leaving the city. And, uh, and they cry out, you know, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and asked them the question, what do you want me to do for you? And I've seen that not only in that, that season of uh, uh, the worship and prayer night, but in my own devotions, I've read other verses that ask very similar things, Jesus asking things. Uh, My son and I were reading a book called Sacred Rhythms uh, together. And at the beginning of that book, there's a quote uh, that we'll put up here in just a second. But uh, it talks about the story of uh, blind Bartimaeus. And very similar, Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus... What is it you want me to do? And even in our small group on Wednesday night, uh, the parenting class that Jessica and I are uh, facilitating, uh, we've been asking about that same thing God, what is it that, uh, what is it, our, what is our greatest need? What's our greatest desire in this season? And it's hard to answer that. And if you say, man, that is a hard question to ask, what's your greatest desire really? Come to our Wednesday night class, and we're going to be exploring that for the next several weeks and, uh, to do that. But in this book, it, uh, it talks, there's a quote at the beginning of chapter 1, and this chapter 1 is talking about the longing for the Holy Spirit, longing for, the, for God. It says, the reason we are not able to see God, or to feel God, or to experience God, is the faintness of our desire. The faintness of our desire. And you think about that. I have wrestled with that quote for the last several weeks. And, and if I could be honest, there's been seasons of my life where that is an accurate picture. But not today. I am hungry for more of the Lord. To see the Lord move in my family, in my marriage, with my kids, with the staff and the board, with each of you here on the lakeshore and then to the ends of the earth. And I just believe that it's the Holy Spirit is needed more now than ever. The Holy Spirit is more than just the third person of the Trinity, which is hard to get our mind around, I understand. He's certainly not third place. He's a priority. But when you think about the faintness of desire, I want to say this, that the Holy Spirit epitomizes the nearness of the power and the presence of God. If that idea here, the reason we're not able to see God or experience Him is the faintness, it's the Holy Spirit that will draw us close, the nearness that will bring us to the power and the presence of God. So last week we talked, and I'll just hit this real quick about a renewed confidence that comes from the Holy Spirit, right? Being active in our lives. The Holy Spirit takes us where we are and makes us better. And it doesn't make us better than other people. It just makes us better than we are on our own. And there's blessings to, to, to receive and to give away, right? Remember, let's just do that together real quick. To receive and to give away. That Holy Spirit comes into our lives, but then we give it away as well. And with the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. And we recognized last week that the Holy Spirit can be known through study and through uh, through scripture uh, and through prayer. And we gave you a little tool to be getting your mind around the Holy Spirit. We made more of these. We ran out last week, second service. And so if you didn't get one of these last week, they're out in the lobby, grab one. There's scriptures here that will help you to understand, to grow in your understanding of the Holy Spirit. And we said that the Holy Spirit can be seen through, in, through different names and through different symbols. And we've got to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit, through God's Word, what He's saying. And so when we talk about different names, there's names like the advocate, or the helper, or our friend, or convictor, or the comforter, and the list could go on, right? And on the uh, symbol side, there are symbols like breath of God, wind of God, the water, Oil, fire, uh, the dove, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And when we can kind of get our mind around Father and Son, we can understand those things. But sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's like this urban legend. But I just want you to know the Holy Spirit is not... An urban legend. In fact, the Holy Spirit was promised to the early church. Jesus said it was better for him to go away so the Holy Spirit could come and baptize. Look what it says, John sixteen seven It says, Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage, this is Jesus talking, that, you, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. That is an incredible promise. It's an improvement. The Holy Spirit surpasses human interaction with Jesus. Really? If you had the choice today to have Jesus standing face to face right here, or the power of the presence, the Holy Spirit at work in your life, which one would you choose? I'm thinking, that's a tough choice, right? You think, how would you do that? How would you even choose? But the reason many of us would probably choose the, the presence, the human form of Jesus to be standing here is because too many of us are underwhelmed with the plan and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is incredible. But as believers, sometimes we walk through the life under fulfilled, lost, dry in our faith. Even Billy Graham, who is not really known for his Pentecostal distinctive, said this, that God's people are lacking something, not getting everything they are expecting, often with reoccurring defeat. And I think it's a lack of the Holy Spirit. And so as we wrestle over the next few weeks with our desire, our deepest need, church, our deepest need, what is that? It's our It's to see the Holy Spirit at work right now. We are desperately in need of the Lord. We need His power. We need His confidence. We need to be consumed with Him. And we need to grow in our knowledge and understanding. And that's kind of here, and it goes in our heart. But we also need to experience it like we did this morning during worship. And to help us to do that, there are three symbols of the Holy Spirit that we're going to take a look at real quick, and then we're going to be back uh, to close the the message. And there are three symbols, wind, water, and fire. Say those with me, wind, water, and fire. And I just believe that the Holy Spirit wants to be active in our lives more than most of us want the Holy Spirit to be active. And so, Lord, blow on us let's talk about the wind first. The wind, when we talk talk about wind, we look at the characteristics around wind. You can feel it, but you cannot see it. Isn't that the truth? There's power that comes in wind, and there's energy. If you drive north just a little ways from here, you can see windmills before you get to uh, Ludington. And that is incredible that those humongous blades get churned by the power of the wind. And You can also think about wind and the force that comes in a tornado. And, uh, and there's power and there's force that comes with wind. In fact, just turn to your neighbor and just breathe on them for a second. Just go <sighs> Yeah, see, it's powerful. Morning <laughs> breath, right? It's powerful. And uh, you can feel it. You can't really see it. For some of you, you can smell it, uh, but that's not what we're going to talk about. And the wind and the Holy Spirit have been found in Scripture, sometimes talked about as the breath of God, that it's an empowering life. It's the wind, the breath of God that was seen in creation. It's seen in miracles. And there's such an intimacy with the Holy Spirit that He wants to fill us with His breath. In Ezekiel chapter 37, I talked about it during worship, the valley of the dry bones. We're not going to look at it again, but the idea is that the Lord was speaking over this valley of dry bones, which represented God's people that were dried up. And in verse 14, it says, I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. And I was thinking about it, there's a story in our church of a young man that came came back to the Lord recently in the last two months. He found himself back in church and gave his heart to Jesus. And I remember he was sitting in the back row, very last row, uh, very last seat. And he, re- he responded to a salvation call maybe two months ago. The very next week, he's back in church. The week after that, his wife is back in church and she gets saved. And now his wife is getting mentored In the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like the dry bones that the Spirit of God breathed into that family, not only gets saved as being mentored, God is at work. And He's doing it again and again. And He can do it in your life. He can do it in my life. It was the breath of God, the wind of God that was seen in creation. Acts chapter 2. Uh, Not in creation, but in creation of the church. The early church was born on the day of Pentecost. And it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty, rushing, say it with me, wind. And it filled the entire place where they were sitting. And divided tongues of of fire appeared and rested on them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The wind of the Spirit was blowing. The mighty, rushing wind blew the doors off the early church in church, we need that again. And the Holy Spirit has not stopped working. He is still breathing today. And the winds of the Spirit can be felt just the same. Amen. The second characteristic or second symbol is wind, or the first one's wind, and the second one is water. And when I think about the characteristics of water, I think of life, I think of the ocean. Some of you like to be in the ocean. Who, Who are ocean lovers? Like to get in the water? Yeah, me too. Some people are like, no, I'm not getting in the water because there's too many living things, right? and uh, i 've snorkeled a bunch in, in, the, in, all, in different places around the world, and it is just amazing to me the life that is found in water it 's refreshing again it 's a refreshing the Holy Spirit that He gives, and we get to give it away as well. But water nourishes our body right Water also is used to soften hard places. Think about the correlation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, in water uh, creates flowing streams. I love what Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3, and Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. Write these verses down. You can uh, look at those. Actually, uh, it's 28 and 29, not 16 and 17. I must have made a mistake uh, when I gave the, the notes. But anyway... Um, It says in Isaiah 44 that I will pour water on a thirsty land. And it says, and streams on the dry ground. And then you say, well, is he talking about the Spirit? Well, yeah, in the very next verse, or very next part of of, uh, the verse, it says, I will pour my Spirit upon your offspring. And I circled that this morning, on our offspring. You think about it, uh, for our parenting class, some of you that are are in that, it's incredible. And my blessing will be upon your descendants. And of course, Joel 2, that's the the major uh, passage there that talks about, I will pour out my Spirit on, all flesh right your sons and daughters will prophesy old men will dream dreams young men will see visions and uh, and i will pour out my spirit it's the water and the holy spirit uh seen in the same way you fast forward to the new testament and jesus talked a lot about the holy spirit and the promise of the holy spirit would be sent and he says that it will be sent and be given to those that are thirsty thirsty Come and drink, he says. John chapter 7, it says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, he says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You say, well, is he talking about the Spirit there? Well, the very next verse, it says, Now this, he said, about the Spirit. So yes, whom those who had believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Spirit, the water, the living water, streams of living water, the Holy Spirit flowing, not dammed up, not like the Dead Sea, no, but streams of living water is represented in the Holy Spirit. And I just want to ask you, is your walk with God a living water, fresh, flowing, or is it dead and dried up, feeling defeated, feeling underwhelmed? Listen, our spiritual lives cannot be dead if the Holy Spirit is active and at work. It just can't be the same. And there's an endless supply of the Holy Spirit. Always available. And unfortunately, there are many spiritually dead people walking and even dead churches. But Lord, help us not to be one of those. And one last thought on the water, and then we'll move to the third one and then be um, wrapping up. But one la- at the, when you look at across the globe... We've cared for the last several years for clean water, and we've partnered with Team World Vision. And in two weeks from today, um, I'll be running a half marathon, Lord willing, with a, a whole group of people from the church here, and we'll be raising funds for Team World Vision. But um, there's, when there's a lack of water in an area of the world, what do you see? Poverty, right? And I think the same is true when there's a lack of spiritual water, spiritual Holy Spirit, water, that the same is true spiritually. When there's a lack, there's a poverty, there's a lack, and, uh, and we got to be careful. And so we want the Spirit of God, His fresh water to be flowing. And the word of the Lord today, uh, Dennis, I, when you started speaking the word of the Lord today, uh, I, was, I started tearing up because I knew that we were going to talk about the water, the fresh. Lord, fill us up again. Amen? pour out on us. Amen. Well, we've got wind, we've got water, and then there was one more that we wanted to talk about, and this one has really excited me, and it's fire. There's nothing like fire. Isn't that true? Uh, earlier this year, uh, in a couple of weeks ago, I talked about it. Uh, Reagan and I had taken a trip to Portland, Oregon. And then we drove south to uh, the northern California to look at the redwoods. It was an incredible trip. But as we drove, we saw the devastating effects of fire, forest fires, by the hundreds of acres that have blown through northern California. And it was stunning. It was uh, a real... Uh, wake up. I had seen stuff on TV, but once you drive through and it's just like never-ending, it's like, wow, this is incredible. But but what are the characteristics of fire? Well, fire penetrates. It cleanses things. It purifies things. Fire also will illuminate and reveal, and it dispels darkness. Uh, Fire also spreads. It touches other things, right? And it burns up The superfluous. I think that's a good word. Uh, My biggest word in my notes today. (laughs) And it does. And that's what fire does. It burns up. Um, the whatever is unnecessary and in Matthew chapter 3 and in Luke chapter 3 there are two sections of scriptures that talk about the same thing it's John the Baptist he comes on the scene before Jesus and he says look I'm not the Messiah um, I am preaching a baptism of repentance but then he foretells or foretells that, the, that there will be a different baptism that comes look at it in Matthew's version Matthew uh, three eleven says I baptize you with water for Repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. And then look what it says He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and, say it with me, fire. fire. Holy Spirit and fire. And on the day of Pentecost, when you fast forward to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, we see the the prophetic word by John the Baptist come to light that we see wind and fire. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together. I read this earlier. They suddenly came uh, from heaven, a sound like a mighty rushing wind and was filled the whole whole place where they're sitting and divided tongues of, say it with me, fire appeared uh, to them and rested on each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. Fire, the fire of God, the Holy Spirit fire. What does the Holy Spirit do? It consumes our sin. It takes our pride and our jealousy and our greed, and it eliminates it. Fire penetrates, it cleanses, it purifies. And when we allow the Spirit to do His work, it leaves nothing Left that is unpleasing to the Lord. And that's the point. When you study pure gold or pure silver, my understanding is a silversmith, when it purifies silver, they say, How do you know when it's pure? It's when you can see your reflection in the silver, that there's no impurities left. And that's the point. At our worship and prayer night, uh, Ryan, actually, you shared about at camp, they were saying a lot of times people talk about the Holy Spirit and forget it's the Holy Spirit, right? It's holy, and the Holy Spirit, that holy part, is what sets us apart. It burns inside of us. And yes, there, there are people that will go through life and have a relationship with Jesus, but never experience the fullness that's possible by the Holy Spirit, And it causes trouble. And there's excuses. You say, well, that's great for you. And, uh, you know, you can experience the Holy Spirit, but that just hasn't worked for me. Because I believe in Jesus and I still struggle. And I'm still sleeping with my boyfriend. Or I'm still struggling with porn. Or I'm still judging other people. Or I'm still consumed with comparisons and materialism and jealousy or I'm always angry all the time. You put your your sin, and there's excuses in saying, well, the Holy Spirit hasn't burned those things out. Well, as I understand it, the Holy Spirit is an all-consuming fire. And when the Holy Spirit consumes us, like Hebrews 12.29 says that our God is a consuming fire, what happens is sin does not mix with the presence of God. Sin will crowd out God. But when that sin is disintegrated by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, we're left with just us and the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit's fire burning up everything that's not pleasing to Jesus. For me, that means less of Benve. It's this idea, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God that makes the difference. Our God is a consuming fire. The solution we need is not political or financial or even relational. The solution we all need is spiritual the fresh wind of the Spirit the deep waters of the Spirit, and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Each of us walking with the Holy Spirit. And that's what excites me in this season, that we can not only talk about it, but we can experience that and see God do a deep in, in and a lasting work. You say, well, how do you know if you're doing it right? Or how do you, you know, know? Well, I believe that there's a heightened awareness of the presence of God. It, when when you 're moving in the right direction and these the wind and the water and the fire are at work in your life there 's a heightened awareness of the Holy Spirit at work and that 's where I want us to land and i 'm going to ask the worship team to join us and man i 've made it through really quick and uh, eliminated a couple little things, but the Lord is working and and uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting to continue the work that he's already begun today. In my notes here, I have that Christianity is hopeless without the Holy Spirit. And today, we're offering the free gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe the time is now, and I believe that there's a repentance that comes. I believe that there's a, a, an excitement that comes. Uh, We are calling the church to a fast starting in November. November 1st through the 22nd for 21 days of uh, fasting and prayer. And I believe that will uh, aid us in kind of uh, pour fuel on the fire, so to speak. Um, And that's coming up after missions convention. But this idea of wind and water and fire at work in us today has gripped me all week long. And I've been excited to present that. I've got just a couple more thoughts here that I want to say. And then I want to invite us to respond to what the Holy Spirit wants to continue to do this morning. I wrote in my notes here, and I I just believe these are words that need to sink in. So I'm just going to read them verbatim. That the Holy Spirit makes the difference. If you've been struggling, if you've been floundering, you need more of the Holy Spirit. I wrote here, the enemy cannot stop the fire of the Holy Spirit. So whatever you're facing, the darkness has to flee. I wrote here, God is shaping history through those who are available are you available for the Holy Spirit to burn, to consume you? I'm challenged by 1 Thessalonians 5.19 that says, do not quench the Holy Spirit's work. Church, we can't do that. And then my last thought is that we do not need churches full of people. We need I'm going to ask that you stand this morning. And uh, there's one more verse I want to read that relates to our walk with the Lord and the work of the Spirit. John 3, 5, and 6 talks about salvation in the Holy Spirit. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And you'd say, man, I've showed up today. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, what you need is the Spirit of God to give you new birth, new life. It's the Spirit of God, water and spirit, right, working together. Flesh gets born to flesh, but what the Spirit, our Spirit needs to be saved. And if you don't have that relationship, if you are walking uh, through life and you're on your own and you're saying, man, I don't know if I were to die today, if I would go to heaven or to hell. Look, today is the day of salvation. And Jesus, he wants to save you. So with your head bowed and eyes closed before we all respond, if you're here today and you are ready to make that decision, or maybe you've walked away from God and the Lord is calling you back, I'm going to ask that you just raise your hand. Who, first service, is responding to a salvation call Saying, Holy Spirit, save me. Save my spirit, yes. Young lady here, yes. In the middle, too. yes. Awesome. Man, God is at work. God is at work. Anyone else? Yes. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Awesome. Two women today. Two different sections. Could we just pray and ask the Lord? Let's just support them. Let's all repeat a prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. But I'm putting my faith in you. Would you save me? Take away my sin. Wash it away. I put my faith in you. Holy Spirit, do a deep work in my life. And come in to stay. In Jesus' name. heaven the, the angels in heaven rejoice we rejoice and we love you guys and uh, we want to walk with you and uh, praise the lord well this morning i we in worship we introduced a new song called fall afresh and we want to close and i i realize that we've gone a little long but i'm going to ask that you just stick stick with us here and uh we're gonna leave on an incredible note saying god fall afresh on us and, uh, and so I'm going to ask you to, uh, just once again, uh, you can move again if you want, but even right where you are, what, can we just all lift our hands, create, like Pastor Bobby was saying earlier, like a cup where God can just pour into us to overflowing. And let's just begin to cry out to God that the wind of the Spirit, The power of a tornado that moves, the power that moves windmills or the the water that comes with a tsunami, the the waves that, that are powerful and move or the fire of a wildfire that consumes and spreads that it would fill us this morning. God, do what only you can do. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Go, God, we pray. Fall afresh on us. Fill us today in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just worship the Lord as we close today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: power. As we wash our hands and take a drink, maybe we are reminding, reminded of your refreshment and your nourishment. As we light our stoves or maybe have a campfire this fall, we're reminded of your power, of your holiness. of your spirit as well. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. Let us be aware of what you're doing all around us. That we receive it so that we can give it away. Jesus, and I was just struck that if I had the choice to have you here in the present or to have your spirit indwell me, here in the present, Lord. I could talk to you. I could sit with you. But I can only share you with one person at a time, but with your spirit. Your spirits everywhere. Your spirit is filling all of us. And so all of us are able to go out. All of us are able to be sent to our workplaces, to our schools. That is an embodiment of who you are. That you've called us your body. That you've called us your hands and your feet. So we are an extension of you. That we are your representatives. When people see us, let them see you. Let us be that reflection. Lord, we receive it so that we can give it away. And we know that as we do, that you will be behind us, that you will be before us, and you will be all around us. We thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray today. And everyone says... Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this Sunday. You can go in the grace of God today. And as you go, I want you to talk to Pastor Ben and maybe share a personal story with him of what his ministry this past 15 years has meant to you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from The Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.